This is the second question you've answered, which includes toilets. <laughs> <laughs> This is very important. Yeah. Hey, you're very practical. Let's talk about death and s. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Mosaic of China, a podcast about people who are making their mark in China. I'm your host, Oscar Fuchs. In case you're wondering about my voice, I've got COVID-19. Luckily, I'd done most of the work for this episode before getting sick, so I'm going to release it now, and then go on a break for a few weeks. Today's episode is with Joy Yen, a Chinese lady, but there's an immediate connection with the guest from the last episode, the commercial airline pilot Michael Hundiger from Austria, because Joy Yen also spent many years in Austria before returning to China. I mentioned this because she has a really nice way of sometimes using a German figure of speech rather than an English one. So listen out for when she says things like Buddhismus instead of Buddhism, Papier instead of paper, history instead of story. It's very subtle, but it's one of those things that I love picking up on when speaking with someone whose background includes a real mix of cultures. Speaking of past episodes, one of my favorites was the one with Louise Roy from season two, episode six, where we talked about the way China handles childbirth. Well, today's episode is about the other side of that story, the process of dying. The subject matter gets quite personal at times, so I just wanted to warn you to please proceed with caution if you're in a sensitive headspace right now. Let me also tell you right from the start that my original conversation with Jo Yen was really, really long. There's actually almost 30 minutes of bonus content in this week's premium version of the show. So if you already know that this is a topic that you're interested in, save yourself some time, head to mosaicofchina.com, and immediately subscribe to that version so that you can listen to our conversation in full. And finally, this is one of those episodes which justifies the format of the show, because it allows us to have quite a serious tone in part one, but we can then switch to a completely different tone in part two. So if you're at any point thinking that the conversation is getting a little heavy, hang in there, and I mean hang in right until the end, because we also have two excellent catch-ups with previous guests of the show. Both of whom are also definitely worth listening into. So let me shut up and let's finally get started. Thank you so much for coming today. You're welcome. I haven't said your name yet because I'm always nervous about tones. So Joy Yen, but how do you say it with the tones? Joy Yen. Joy Yen. So it's first tone,、yeah. fourth tone. Joy、yeah. Yen. Okay. The first thing I will ask you is, what object did you bring that, in some way, describes your life in China? I thought long about it, and then finally, my decision is my phone, my cell phone. Oh, <laughs> yes. Okay, I, I, I must say this is not the first time someone has brought their phone, so I'm a little bit disappointed.、Mm-hmm. But tell me the reason. Okay, my reason was a smartphone has changed my life so dramatically. I came back to Shanghai at the beginning of 2014. When you say came back, where were you? 
Uh, from Austria. And at that time, I think I have no more than 20 WeChat contacts. And now I have over 2,000. Mm. Actually, I hate it that WeChat totally changed the way how I work. I really miss the time where we only had phone and emails. Mm. I found out that I might have, uh, I don't know how to pronounce the word, but I can't see how to adjust the distance. This ability is ah. reduced. It's damaging your eyesight, you mean? Yes, I really would like to have a job uh, where I don't have to check my phone all day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know if it's possible to have it in Shanghai. It's interesting. You've chosen the object that defines your life, but in a bad way. Right? In a bad way, yeah. But maybe I will say bye-bye and check once in the evening then. If I asked you what it is that we were going to talk about, how would you describe our topic of conversation? is that I've decided to engage as a volunteer in hospice service three years before, yeah. Right. And this is particularly interesting because the way that China and the Chinese deal with death, in some ways it's very similar to anywhere else in the world. And in other ways, it's a little bit heightened. There's a little bit more of a stigma. So I'm extremely <laughs> interested to talk about this with you. Okay. So tell me about the organization that you volunteer for. Okay, in Chinese, it's called like hand in hand, shou tian shou. Shou tian shou. Yeah, it was already founded in 2008. I think they are the very first NGOs in China who started to do this. Yeah. Where were you at that time? I was still in Austria. <laughs> oh, so you lived in Austria for a long time? For a long time, like almost 12 years. Well, I want to find out the story about how you got from Austria to what you're doing now. But let's jump forward for now. Yeah. And let's talk about what it is that the organization does. Um, they do basically two things. First of all, they train volunteers like me and then send us to the hospice uh, where we know that uh, there are only patients allowed to enter who will not live more than six months. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Yes. And do they know that? Not always. Um, because in China, uh, many families tend to ask doctors, I don't tell him or her the truth. He will be so frightened. Mm. So it's better that he don't know that. Mm. And what is this hospice? This is a separate institution from a hospital? It's uh, usually in a hospital, yes. but it's usually then also a separated part. For example, half of a floor or even the whole floor if the hospital supports in most hospice, they are very basic service provided because hospice rooms here in Shanghai are in the very basic level hospital. Hospitals in Shanghai are divided into three levels. Mm. First is the community hospitals. The second level is the district hospitals. And the third level is uh, city hospitals. And most of the hospice rooms are settled in the community hospitals. Which is the lowest level? The lowest level. Okay. Yeah. How then do you get involved? Do you contact them or do they contact you? So usually in the standard process, it's like a hospital will contact our organization and said, uh, we would like to have a volunteer team. Then our NGO will start to look for people. They usually do a kind of twice or three times training per year. Then I can just register for the training. Mm -hmm. And then after the training, um, we will just uh, go to the hospice and it's uh, as volunteer, we go there once a week 
And there we will just have a preparation and internal discussion to talk about the things happened last week. And then we will go into the rooms and go around and find our patients. Sometimes the one that you will stay with for several weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes it's just a random, just a feeling who you feel that you would like to stay nearby mm. to, to him or to her. Yeah. Can you give me some examples of when you have dealt with an individual? The old people here in China, they are not used to show their emotions or talk about their feelings. Mm. They are usually really taking care of the very physical things like get you something to eat or do you need water, things like that. (laughs) That's how they express love to each other, right? Yes. (laughs) So when we are there, usually we will try to help them to recall what they have done as they were young anything that they have achieved, any good time they have had, things like that. Mm-hmm. To find, uh, not to find, but to see the meaning of their life, mm-hmm. which has been always there, but they were not able to see it. Um, one example was a patient was a very special one. He just talked very aggressively to everyone, even to his wife. Mm-hmm. It was always like blaming you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so another volunteer kept on talking with him that he should express his feelings in a right way to his wife. And of course, this took some time. And then one day as his wife came to his bed again, he said, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. He just said this one sentence. And usually his wife set distance to the bed. But as she heard this sentence, she was shocked at the beginning and then started to cry. And since then, every time she came again, she started to sit next to him on the bed. Mm. Yeah. So. so what you can do then is to bridge this communication between people. So it's not just you and the patient, but you're creating an atmosphere where the patient and their family can talk openly. Yeah, because in hospice, we have a value. I don't know how we should call that. But usually we believe there's five things you should do to say love, to say sorry, to say that I forgive you, to say thank you. And the last thing is, if you have done the first four things all very well, the last thing is to say goodbye, and it won't be that difficult then. Mm. That's why usually we are trying to help our patients to do. Mm. So when you meet someone, you can, in your mind, see which stage they're at? (laughs) No, 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 it's not fixed in this order, Mm. and maybe it's also not necessary for people to do all of this. Mm. Maybe sometimes only one or two of them is already enough. Mm. Yeah. And then you said that when you joined this NGO, you got training. So this is the training that you received. Yes. They don't think they are just training volunteers for hospice. They believe this is also the chance for me to be a better me. It's not just focused on details. Our founders will always help us to see the whole thing and ask me to think about why was this a question or why this happened. Because it's usually because of me, something internal here. Mm. And only when we see the origin where the problems was made, then you can deal with the whole thing much better. Yeah. Well, let's jump to that topic then, because this is one of the questions that I wanted to ask you, which is why you do this. Why do you volunteer to be around dying people? Well, I've been asked this question several times. 
I have uh, official answers and in <laughs> in official answers. Good. <laughs> Give me the official one first. Okay. The official first is I always like to work as volunteer, which is true since I was a little girl. I always、mm-hmm. like to do that to help people.、Mm. This service character, you know, I like to help people. Uh, Shanghai is actually a very great city where you can always find enough people for general volunteer service.、Uh-huh. So I thought then, well, there must be some area which maybe are more difficult and which cannot find that many people.、Mm. So I came to the idea of hospice. Okay,、yeah. official answer complete. Yeah. <laughs> What about the real answer then? The real answer,、um, it's just real for this moment. It can be changed in the next years again. The real answer is that、uh, since I've started to do this, at the first it was hospice, and after that was dascafe, which we'll talk later. Yeah, I'm came to the reality that I personally got much more from this volunteer service than I can do for the others. Actually,、mm. in the first years I started to do hospice, one very obvious change is that I start to see my family. I mean, see my family. Families for me used to be like water for fish. Right. They are just here. What、well, it doesn't mean that we don't have a good relationship. We have it. What does it really mean? Yeah. With I start to see them is, for example, I start to realize that my grandmas and grandpas they will not be there someday. Yeah. In the early time, I just went there, you know, like do my job, like once a month to visit them, to to have a lunch with them. That was all. And then after I start to do hospice, I thought,、oh, what can I do for them, and what do they really want to have? For example, I found out that my grandma always wants to see a panda in the reality because、right. she she only saw that in the television、oh. before, and she was already over nineteen and she can't really walk very far away. So I took a day off from the work and took my grandparents to the Shanghai Zoo, and my grandma first really see a panda <laughs> in her life. Wow. Things like that. Then we with my grandpa to the cinemas. Yeah, it's very lucky because a lot of us we lose our grandparents before we have the chance to really see them. Yeah, and does that also translate to your relationship with your parents too? Yes,、um, we used to quarrel a lot. We have a very good relationship, but since I was a kid, the way we communicated was, you know, shouting、mm-hmm. to each other、mm-hmm. and not really a peaceful talk. Yeah,、mm. because this was actually the way they've been talking to each other. I just learned it from them,、oh. but I started to change because one thing is very clear for me: the best work of one's life can just be himself. So I start to change myself,、oh. and then maybe one or two years later. I start to see that they are also starting to change the way they talk to each other.、Mm. Yeah, if, if you go into the streets and ask people, "Hey, do you know we will die someday?" <laughs> they will think, "Are you crazy?" Of course, I know,、mm. but most of people know it like one plus one is two.、Mm. They are not really taking this into their life and into their decisions. And I just don't want that. Maybe I、uh, I left my parents' apartment today in the morning, and we have just quarreled with each other again. And maybe an accident happened to me, and that was the last talk we had with each other. Then、yes. it, it will be a bad farewell. Yeah. Yes, I can definitely see how that would make you live more intentionally every、mm. day. Yes, more aware of the life that I'm having. You've mentioned the death cafe. This is separate from your job in the hospital itself. Can you explain that? 
Uh, Death Cafe is actually a second very important part of what NGO is doing. Right. And Death Cafe actually originates from England. Okay, so what is the concept? Bernard Critas was his name. So he first came up with this idea because death is the only thing which will happen in our life for 100%. <laughs> but we don't take so much time to look at these topics and to talk about it and to get ready for it. So he first came up with this idea and it stayed only on paper. John Underwood, he first held the Death Cafe according to this idea. He also gets some support from the Professor Bernard Critters. He first had this Death Cafe, I think, in 2011 in London. It took him one year to prepare the Death Cafe. And do you know why it took him so long? No. He can't find a place. Ah, uh, yeah. He, he was not able to find a cafe who's willing to have this kind of talk. So he held the first desk cafe in the world in his mother's house in the basement. How funny. Yeah. So it's called Death Cafe, but it doesn't have to be a cafe. Yeah, it's important that you have a cafe or tea. Just make yourself comfortable and relax and let's talk about death. Yeah. I see. Yeah. Okay, so what happens in this death cafe? You, for example, are you one of the leaders? Yes. I think currently we are already over 600 people in over 50 cities in China. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. But it's totally volunteer, so it doesn't happen regularly. It's only when I have time, when I feel like to, and then I want to organize. And it's actually just a relaxing afternoon tea. Yeah. But we still have some certain principles. So first of all, the topics should be focused on death. The second of all, then, we should respect and listen to the others. Because um, I think in China, it's, it's um, that people judge a lot. Mm. So we try not to judge the others, just listen to what they are saying. Mm. Because death is very personal. You cannot say that, oh, I don't agree, and you should think like that. So we don't do that. And if you share your stories, maybe it's connected with some religion things. This is okay, but don't make it, you know... Pushing uh, on others. Yes, that mm. oh, Buddhism is good, things like that. Yeah, uh, this right. is not allowed. Yeah. <laughs> the last thing is that uh, here in Death Cafe, we allow emotions sharing maybe flow around in this room. But when we left here, all the stories we have heard stay here. Yeah. But of course, sometimes at the beginning, they will be a little bit hesitant and they were just waiting to see what other people say. And sometimes we would use some small instruments to start the topics. For example, I would just take a papier and tear them into small pieces and write down random numbers like one or maybe 90 or maybe a very, very big number and mix them. Everyone should pick up one. And the number is the estimated days that you can still live. And then I will ask people to share what they feel when they see this number. Mm. It's a very simple but very useful instrument. That's how you get the conversation started. Yeah. And then as someone is reacting, they might also bring out their personal story. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Do you also recruit volunteers from these groups? Because it must be hard to find volunteers who want to do this. Not that hard, actually. Good. <laughs> Not that hard. For example, last year, our NGO, Social Tensho, had this Death Cafe leader trainings in Shanghai and also in Shenzhen. For the quantities that we are able to train, it's enough for this mm. moment. Yeah. Yeah. But for whole China, of course, it's not enough. <laughs> well, exactly. Yeah. It's just starting. But are there any other NGOs like you? Death Cafe, I don't think so. Ho hospice, yes. Got it. Mm -hmm. 
Well, let's go back to hospice because mm. what I want to ask you next is what do you see when someone is about to die? Do you know, okay, this person is only a few days away? Like what are the physical things that start to happen? Um, if you see these people weekly, the first things you would notice is that the energy is no more there. For example, maybe last week she was still sitting there and this week she can just lie there so she's not able to sit up anyway. Mm. Uh, the second thing is if she would greet you as before or not. Then if it's still coming near and near to the end, you would also see the color of the skin will start to change. Mm. Um, for example, there will be more and more, how to say this, the blue one? Uh, that bruises. The bruises. The bruises mm. will start to get more and more. Mm. And if you are close enough, usually the families could find out the ears are getting more soft. Wait, yeah. the ears get soft? Yes, this part. I've never heard that before. Yeah. Huh. There is actually a lot of signs that you would see if you really see it very closely yeah. and carefully. Yeah. If the patient still drink water as normal, usually it starts with the feet or also with the fingers. Yeah, it's the very far part, far away from the heart then you will start to see that they, they will get swelling because really? the, the body doesn't need it anymore. Because in the last days, the organs have also slowed down to work, so they can't really handle all these things anymore. Actually, they don't need to eat then mm. in the last days. It's better to help them to keep the body relaxed and clean. Not, not overworking the organs. Not, yes, yes. That makes sense. Yeah. And so have you actually been there when someone has died? No, because not always, but usually, most of the time, most of the people pass away in the night where then we oh. won't be there. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Do we know why? It's different reasons. If we say medically, we, we can see them because the organs are usually, they, they don't work so actively as on the day. Yes, yeah. so they're resting even more. So that's when people would normally die. Yeah, mm. and if we talk about something not related to science, uh, sometimes we also believe that a lot of people just don't want to pass away as their families are still beside them. Yes. It happens, yeah. If the families have been there taking very good care of uh, this patient, then the patient would maybe prefer to pass away alone because yeah. dying people don't really want it when it's so noisy and loud around. Because the last thing the body will uh, lose is hearing. Even you see on the machine that the heart has stopped to beat, they can still hear. They can still hear. For several minutes, yeah. For further several minutes. How do you know that? It's a science topic, yeah. Oh. It's very heavy for them if then people start to cry loud, you know. It's very, very sensitive. Mm. Yeah. Right, so if you are with someone when they're dying, the best thing to do would just be to continue being calm after their heart stopped. Go on talking to this patient like, Mom, I will always love you mm. and don't worry, I will take care of myself, mm. things like that. Instead of like just, oh, Mom, come back, why? Things like that. Wow, fascinating. I mean, this whole conversation has been fascinating, Joyen. I really appreciate hearing from you, not just because we're here in China and this topic is so interesting here, but just as a human, we actually could be having this conversation in any country, right? Yes. If it's possible, maybe someday this will be even my job. But at the current moment, it's still not possible. Yeah, But maybe someday in the future. Right. Yeah. Yeah. As it becomes more accepted, this could become something which is a career and you could actually spread it in a more professional way across China. Yeah.
I support you. I hope that you will end up doing that. It's obviously your passion. Thank you. Yeah, it's my passion. And where can people find out about this? The WeChat account is only available in Chinese. Of course. Yeah, it's called Shanghai Shouqianshou Shengming Guanai Fajan Zhongxin. If you just look up Shouqianshou in WeChat, you will find yes. us. Yes,、yeah. the Shanghai Shouqianshou. Yeah. Thanks, Joyen. We will move on to part two. Okay. Part two.、Okay. Are you ready? Yes. We've had a very serious conversation. Let's see if we'll have a little more lightness. <laughs> Let's, <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> Question one, which comes from Shanghai Daily: What is your favorite China-related fact? Well, my favorite fact is actually we have a toilet where you squat. You know,、um, where, you, where you have to sit.、Yes. This is really my favorite part, <laughs> because the public toilets in Europe. Are also not that clean, <laughs> and then it's really difficult. And、um, I mean, it's a special topic for women, yeah. But、uh-huh. I really love it here in China that we have because、it. you squat and you don't have to sit on something. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I think in some parts of Europe there are still squat toilets. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, I have never seen that. I think. Well, see, this is where I'm not sure either because I haven't lived in Europe now for twenty years. So, <laughs> but I remember when I was traveling around France, for example, even in France they had squat toilets. <laughs> how how many years before was that? Yeah, maybe twenty. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And do you think in China there will always be squat toilets, or do you think that they will start to phase them out? I think there will always be. It's a good thing. Okay. Yeah. Next question, which comes from Rosetta Stone. Do you have a favorite word or phrase in Chinese? Yes, it's wu chang. Wu chang. So wu as in not. Mm-hmm. Chang as in often. Yes, the,、uh, re- yeah, the regularity. Yes,、yeah, so、what does that mean? I try to look it up <laughs> in the dictionary. I I don't know if there is a really a pr- very precise translation, but I think it means randomness and nothing is certain. Oh, I see. Oh, I like that as a concept. Yes, our founder always loved to say that life is flowing.、Mm. This is the thing that I get to realize after I came back from Austria to Shanghai. Nothing worked in the first three years.、Mm. Relationship broke up. Job was not that okay. And after twelve years, again back to the family quarrel again because this is what the way <laughs> that we communicate with each other.、Mm. And the health、uh, had also some problems. And after that, I read some psychology books and also Buddhism. Then I start to realize that this is actually the feature of life.、Mm. And the thing is not about to rely on things like luck or, or, or horoscope things. That everything is back to myself.、Mm. Actually, it's all in my hand. Yeah, I like this concept, Wu Chang. Yes, to realize that life is just random and nothing is for certain because it's normal. Human always want to find a way to explain the whole universe、yes. with several simple rules. Yeah, yeah, because this makes us feel safe.、Mm. But I don't think it's possible, and for me, it's easier if I just accept its randomness and train myself to get myself so strong that I will deal with it. I love it. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Welcome. Question three, which comes from Naked Retreats: What is your favorite destination within China? Oh, to be honest, I haven't been to so many cities in China. <laughs> I think maybe most of expats have visited more cities than I do. <laughs> But my favorite is Zijingshan in Nanjing. 
Ah. It's a mountain in Nanjing city. Okay. Is it the one which has the observatory on the top? Yes, ah. but my favorite part is not the mountains. Uh, it's rather actually at the bottom of the mountains.、Mm. There are plane trees. What、yes. we also have in Shanghai. Yes, yes. But I don't know if they have another species in Nanjing. It's all so old and so big, like they are growing into the sky and building a very beautiful avenue. Yes, it's really amazing. It's very high. H- have you been there? Do you know what? I've only been to Nanjing once. It was when my father came to Shanghai to visit me, and we did a weekend away together in Nanjing. And we have walked exactly where you're talking about. Ah,、uh, in the mountain or yeah, the area? At the bottom, at at the the bottom. bottom of the mountain. Ah,、yeah, okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it was like、yeah. this forest, but it's just thirty minutes from downtown Nanjing. Yes. Because here in Shanghai, you have to really go three hours to find anything like that. Yeah. That's yeah, why、right. I think Nanjing is a more livable city in some ways. In fact, a Chinese lady in season one, Nini Sum,、mm-hmm. she actually said Nanjing was her favorite destination. It's her hometown, and she basically was saying the same thing. Ah,、uh, okay. So there's a nice connection there. Yeah. Hello,、mm-hmm. Nini. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Next question: If you left China, what、mm-hmm. would you miss the most, and what would you miss the least? What I will miss the most is, of course, my family because I'm Chinese. <laughs> And, of course, you are now so much closer to your family. I、yes. guess when you lived in Austria for twelve years, maybe you didn't really miss them so much. But this time it would be different, right? You are right.、Mm. Yeah. Do they know that? Like, do they really feel the difference in your relationship between then and now? It's a good question. I think they know it. Because as what I said before in the first part in the hospice, the five things we should do. One of them is to apologize.、Mm. It's very difficult for people to apologize. Oh my god! Yep. In Chinese culture, especially, yeah, because of this means <sighs> thing,、yeah. and I'm also aware that、uh, sometimes I should really say sorry to my parents, but it's so difficult to say. And I start to do one thing. After we quarrel again, I would just、uh, come to my papa or my mama and just hug him or her. It's a sorry.、Yeah. So I think they know it now that I really have them in my heart. Yes. Yeah. Nice answer. And what、I、would you miss、that. the least? It's what I just mentioned: the face, the mianzi thing, which、yeah. is very famous. I don't think in three seasons anyone has really defined mianzi. So can you define it? Wow.、Well, of course, it's different from person to person. Yeah, but most common situations is maybe that. For example, if your leader in the work say something wrong, make a mistakes, and you point it out, he lost his face because he's the leader.、Mm. Or generally, for example, in a dating relationship, usually the boys, you know, tend to show I know everything. And then if you come to a topic that he doesn't know, and he tried to go on talking with you with that, and you will realize,、uh, should I point it out or not? <laughs> yeah, such kind of things. It's everywhere actually.、Yes. So, what is the answer in China? You basically don't say anything. You just have to nod and say, "Hmm, hmm, hmm." Yes, just don't make it clear that it、mm. was wrong. <laughs> so, actually, you don't like this system. I don't like it because I I've been living in Austria for twelve years and <laughs> I studied there. So, as I was nineteen, I went to Austria.、Mm. There, the culture is very direct.、Mm-hmm. Y- When you find out something, and when you think of something, you just、uh, speak it out, and、mm. I I really love it because it's very efficient, and because it's real. Yeah. Yeah. When you live your life in China, do you try and blend in some of that Austrian culture into your relationships, or now have you basically gone native back into the Chinese culture? 
it's not that I try to bring it in, but I am just like that. And if I act like that, people will notice. Okay, Yan is a little bit different, and then they will have to decide how they react and then to me.、Mm. And those people who will stay, they will be the one that I feel comfortable with. I see. Yeah. Next question: Is there anything that still surprises you about life in China? The thing surprised me most was that one thing in Shanghai is totally different now: parks and the public toilets. Right. Parks used to always charge entrance fees as I left China in my children's time, and the public toilets also charged fees. But now they are all for free, and the public toilets now, I think nine out of ten as I visited are all very clean. Yeah, yeah, this really surprised me. This is very important for me. <laughs> yeah. Hang on, yeah, this is the second question <laughs> you've answered, which includes toilets. <laughs> <laughs> This is very important. Yeah. Hey, you're very practical. Let's talk about death and. <laughs> <laughs> Next question. This is from Smart Shanghai. Where is your favorite place to go out to eat or drink or hang out? Currently,、uh, my favorite restaurant is called Wang Rongchen. Ooh. It's snakehead fish fillets in a Chinese sauerkraut soup. Wait, 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 wait! Start again. What the hell? This fish is called a snakehead. I looked it up in the dictionary. It's a black fish, actually. Hei yu. I've never heard of this fish. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, this restaurant does very good ones. Where is it? It's a chain. You can find it、oh. in a lot of places. All right, I'm gonna look it up. I'll send you the link. Yes, please. Next question: What is the best or worst purchase you have recently made in China? When I think of a back to the last years, I think the best purchase I made was、um, there used to be a place in the city center. It's called Wake Up Death Experience. Okay. Yes, it's a small place but very well designed, and they have two price levels. One is four hundred forty-four because four is、uh, so, like so, so. die, yeah, in Chinese. Yes. It's just different tone, yeah. So go on then. Let's hear you say four death, four death, four death. 四十四十四十 ，Yeah. And another price is seven hundred seventy-seven. 七 ，Yeah, seven is also a special number. Has to do with seventh day. As one passed away, he will come back. Oh. To see his families、I、again.、See. Yeah. So we had of、uh, small ceremonies which will be held within the family, in the first seven and in the second seven.、Uh, If if some families are very traditional, take it seriously. It could go on to the seventh seven day, so、mm. like forty nine days、mm. together. So this was the price of the ticket. <laughs> They kind of have a game designed, and in each round game, one people will have to die and leave this place. Okay. And then、uh, the people who will leave this room will take a slide down, <laughs> then into a okay. What's the word? You know where the baby is. Formed in、oh, the womb. Yeah, womb. W- womb. Yeah. In the womb, and here you get the rebirth, and then in the room you will wait for all the other people die, and、uh, you will all sit together with the moderator of the game, and、uh, she would go through which she think is important for you. So like we simulated <sighs> the whole process. It was very interesting, and there's also where that I got to know a doctor who is working in children's cancer.、Uh, how to say alleviative?、Uh, oh, cancer alleviative drug. Alleviative treatment.、Mm. Yes, and there she introduced me to Shou Tianshou. <laughs> oh, so that was how you first started. Yeah. 
that would be your best purchase. I understand yeah. that because <laughs> that led you to your entire lifestyle now. Yeah. Okay. Next question. What is your favorite WeChat sticker? Let's just send it to you. Okay. What's this? Can you explain it? Do you know this figure? It's Timon. It's Disney, right? Yeah, from The Lion King. Ah,、uh, yeah, right. It's a mongoose actually dancing with a Hawaii hula skirt. <laughs> I really love it. That's just a happy one for you, is it? Yes, but not just happy ones,、um, because 2021, I met my husband. Congratulations! <laughs> Thank you. I've been single for seven years before. Yeah, <laughs> I've been waiting for him. <laughs> yeah, he looks very similar to Timon for me. For me. <laughs> But in Chinese horror book, I have pig. Then he said, "Aha,、uh-huh, okay. Then you are a pumba." <laughs> so it has a small history <laughs> behind. I love it. Yeah. Okay. Now I need to have a photo of your husband, and then I can compare. <laughs> I will send it to you. No, he's totally okay with that. <laughs> Great. What is your go-to song to sing at KTV? Um, it's a Chinese one, and it's called in Chinese "Na Xie Hua," which means "Those Flowers." It sings like you know, uh. Those flowers, I thought I would stay with them forever, have all left me, and I don't know where they are now. But it's lucky that I was with them as they burst. Oh, that's very, very you. That's a very joyous song. <laughs> yeah, but it just reminds me of my school time because I'm a people that usually won't contact other people as first. Usually, I'm waiting for the other to contact me. Okay. So that's why I've lost my primary schoolmates <laughs> and junior high schoolmates. I have some senior high schoolmates because they approach me first. Yeah. But I'm just like that. I still think it was a very nice time that I had with them together. So they're just lost flowers. Yeah. Is this a depressing song? Like when you sing it, does everyone start crying? <laughs> no, 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 no. It's just a very beautiful one. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I'll check it out. <laughs> And finally, this last question comes from JustPod, which is the studio we are sitting in now. Okay. What or who is your biggest source of inspiration in China? Listening to dying people, they will teach you a lot. The dying people have much more wisdom, actually, as the normal people in the daily work.、Mm. Usually, the people don't take their time to listen to them. Our founder told us when you want to listen to people, you should put down everything, because usually when we are listening to each other,、uh, I will just think,、uh, okay, this is the point I want to、yeah. note. But then if I put down everything, just listen to you, all my information channels are open, and I can get much more information than I usually get only with my ear. Yeah,、mm-hmm. this is very helpful.、Mm. Yeah. What a lovely way to end this conversation! I've been trying to do the same with you, and I've also really learned a lot from you. Thank you so much, Joanne. You're welcome. Before I let you leave, the question I will ask you is: Out of everyone you know in China, who would you recommend that I interview in the next season of Mosaic of China?、Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to introduce Darcy Liu. She's a professional server, or better to say, she used to be a professional server, but now she's engaged in ecology. Okay, <laughs> so she's gone from surfer to environmental protection, just like you went from working in Austria to now working in volunteer work. Yes, I, I can see the connection. <laughs> yeah, totally different now. What one question would you ask her? I would like to ask the questions that you have asked me. Also, then, <laughs>、um, what does she believe that she has got the most to now from this change? Right. 
So not what she can give, but what has she received? Yes. Mm, very nice. Thanks again, Joanne. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed listening to that as much as I enjoyed making it. Just a couple of quick clarifications. The first Death Cafe was in the UK, but the person who came up with the idea, Bernard Cretes, was himself Swiss. And Joyen also wanted me to make clear that in the hospice, they don't push patients to communicate more deeply with their families, as may have come across in the interview. They really just talk and listen, and if an appropriate topic comes up, then they would simply try to make suggestions as part of the natural flow of conversation. We cover some similar ground on the topics of death and bereavement in another recent episode, the one with the filmmaker Elaine Huang from season 3, episode 8. So be sure to dip into that show if you haven't done so already. And another connection to a previous episode was on the big topic of Chinese sauerkraut. I also talked about this with the Chiret's advocate Da Jiang from Season 3, Episode 15. And finally, please go online, either to the Mosaic of China website or on social media, to see all the images that accompany today's show including Joyen's favourite WeChat sticker of Timon, the mongoose from The Lion King, compared alongside a photo of her husband. I can't mention The Lion King without reminding you that Season 1, Episode 1 of the show was with Philippe Gass, president of the Disney resort Shanghai, who also, perhaps unsurprisingly, discussed The Lion King. As I mentioned at the beginning of today's episode, there's a much longer version of my chat with Zhou Yen in the premium version of the show at Patreon or Apple Podcast subscriptions internationally or on iFadian in China. Here are some clips. One day I drove 200 kilometers without seeing one person. Sometimes it's good. Absolutely. Yeah. We couldn't really talk to her, but my father started singing and then she joined in. Wow. A taxi driver who has just lost his wife the day before, but he still has a daughter to raise, so he has to start to work right on the next day. It's not a money-earning business. <laughs> no. No. Because it's standardized across the whole of Shanghai. Yeah. You can see maybe fruits or maybe the things he likes, maybe some Buddhismus figures or things like that. Mm. The hospital workers are a difficult topic because they are very badly paid. So when you say that, that's the thing you want to avoid. I hear you because the last thing we did was argue about will I brush my teeth or not? <laughs> After I finished the first sentence, she started to sing the second one with me. <sighs> they already start to think about these topics and they want to hear what the others say. Which kind of sounds like you, right? Yes, yes. It's too direct. Yes. Yeah, yes. We, we have that bullshit as well. <laughs> <laughs> Mosaic of China is me, Oscar Fuchs, with artwork by Denny Newell. After the music, there are catch-ups with the history professor Zhang Jiyuan from Season 2, Episode 3, and the playwright Nick Yu from Season 1, Episode 13. Like I said at the top of the show, I'm going to take a break from Mosaic of China for a few weeks. So I'll see you back again for the next full episode of Season 3 a little later. 
All that remains for me to say until then is I love you. I'm sorry. I forgive you. Thank you and goodbye. Jiyuan, hi. Good to see you, man. It's very nice to see you too. You are looking very fit. <laughs> I want to lose another twenty pounds. Right. Yeah. This was a lockdown plan, or it was an accidental slash lockdown plan. Since <laughs> I have a lot of time, so I think it's a great idea for me to experiment and trying to adapt my own diet. That's incredible. So really, this is. An entire lifestyle change. I think it will be a lifestyle change. I still drink. I still eat meat, but the frequency、yeah. <laughs> is not that many anymore. Yeah. Well, you were quite famous for the way that you handled your relationships in the university. So, people who don't know you,、mm. you are a professor at Jiaotong University. Yes. In the humanities department. Humanities school and history department. Oh, got it.、Yeah. And part of the way that you communicated was through taking out your students and having a drink together, having a nice meal together. So it's going to be interesting to see how that changes in the future. That would be rough, right? <laughs> I think I really have to find a better way, right? Yeah. Well, let's talk about the life in the university because. It used to be an area where it was quite international. I used to bump into many international people, but of、mm. course, many people on student visas still can't return to China. No, they can't. So, as an update to our episode, what has happened in the last eighteen months? I think it is the biggest pity. I have to say, because the biggest change is every corner in the world is not globalized anymore. Especially the universities are particularly cautious about whether or not we should let foreign students come into the campus. This causes a lot of damage to our academic performance and advancement. Academics mean controversies. Controversies bring in advancement. It is necessary. We have to respect and we have to listen to some different ideas. But if we cannot meet people in person, trust me, they are not going to tell you what they really think over Zoom or Tencent conference. They are not going to do that.、Yeah. You really have to get some drinks first. Yeah. So I think that is the biggest problem. And to be very honest, it deeply worries me.、Mm. I think it would be a very difficult time for China to attract international talents.、Mm. Some people would say that the good part is that we can attract Chinese talents got a foreign degree back to China,、True. and they can fill in the gap. I don't agree, because we just recruit a bunch of losers. <laughs> they can't find a proper job in the U.S. or in the U.S.A. or in Japan.、Mm. That's the utterly truth. The people who want to come back so soon are the ones who can't find something there. Yes.、Mm. The reason why I understand this because Taiwanese universities experience exactly the same thing twenty years ago. See, this is why it's useful to talk to an historian, right? <laughs> <laughs> you can see the patterns. Yeah. Especially your particular field is in the history of international trade, right? Yes. So that is so relevant to global geopolitics these days. Are we learning from the past? We're not really learning, are we? The only thing I can say we learn from history is that human beings don't learn from history. <laughs> yes. <laughs> too bad.、Yeah. Too dumb. It's also about policies that they have enacted, which have had an effect on education. 
in the last couple of years. And I think it's mainly been at primary and secondary education, I believe. Has there been anything which has affected tertiary education? Right now, we can't see the impact. But I think it will influence the university education. I think one of the biggest parts probably you have heard is that the primary school or elementary schools don't teach English anymore. I understand why. Nowadays, when you see a, like a 10-year-old child, they would spend something like 10 hours a week to study Chinese. But uh, they spend like 30 hours on English. 30? 3-0. Versus 10 on Chinese? Yeah. Seriously? This sort of debate had been discussed for over 120 <laughs> years since the signing of the Boxer Protocol. Is that 1905? No. 1900. 1900. Yeah. And then people would say that we should stick to the traditional scholarship, Jiu or the new or advanced scholarship, Xinxue. That sort of debate can last forever. <laughs> and of course, you would think of the best way is that we should value both. But trust me, my brain is not good enough. I can only focus on very few things, right? So I understand why the government is worried. Because I am worried. How about literary Chinese? Personally, I think it is very beautiful. How about traditional poetries? But they don't really care. They care about English. So I understand why. Mm. But do you know, the government wanted, wants to do something right. But when they made the idea to a policy, that would go to a very extreme way. Mm. And then no one can stop it. That's so well said. Yeah. Because you can see the intention, but then everything is so heavy-handed when it comes to the implementation. Yeah. There are certain provinces where you always see the implementation is 100%. Or 120%. Right. They go overboard. Yes. When you were teaching me about Sinology and history, we were talking about a time when in the West there would be rumours of the East, and that's how the first ideas of China permeated into the Western world. It kind of feels like we're going back to that situation because so few people can actually step foot in China. All I hear from the West is like, oh, what's happening in that distant (laughs) mystical land of China? I do hope that at some point there will be a recrossing of people from one side to the other because it really sometimes feels like we're on a different planet here. That's the thing where I hope people like you can still try to bridge that gap. I think this is the reason why I took the job of the director of the Modern Chinese Studies, which is an international taught program. China has a lot of difficult issues. We have to be understanding first, and then we can make our decision or verdict extremely cautiously. Misunderstanding can be caused by no understanding. Mm. I am very grateful that I met you and that you have been my professor and that you, of course, came onto the podcast. It was great to talk to you then and it's great to see you now. I hope that we will continue to stay in touch. We will. Thank you very much indeed. Nick, good to see you. Nice to meet you. (laughs) Uh, I think you have a tough time today to speak to me in English because... (laughs) You don't use English so much these days. Yeah, almost three years I did not use any English. Uh, yeah, but, but sometimes I teach the English with my son at home. 
yeah. to practice his schoolwork. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that is the only chance for me. Oh, <laughs> I've put you in a very uncomfortable position today. <laughs> I tried to get back. Okay, you can do it, <laughs> Nick. For people who did not listen to our original episode, you are two things.、Mm-hmm. You are a playwright. Yeah. And you are a director of the Shanghai Dramatic Arts Theatre. Yeah. So I remember we had a catch-up.、Mm. Uh, that was already, I think, eighteen months ago. The catch-up was in COVID one. Now we are COVID two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and last time I wasn't surprised because you write and write and write. But、yeah. last time you said that during the first lockdown in 2020, I think you finished five plays. You also finished your PhD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh, yeah, I get my memory back. Yes.、Mm-hmm. So, what happened this time? Did you also write many plays? I write three plays. Two of them will be produced this year, but、uh, we have several plays. We already have the plan put on the stage. For example, a musical. We want to do the two hundred performance almost、uh, half year. Wow. Yeah, so that is a big plan for our theater. I think the audience still needed the theater. Yeah, they needed to go to theater in person. Yeah, it's an intimate and、yeah. closed environment. Yeah,、uh, private space to think about the situation you never met、yeah. uh, in your life, but you can't meet in the theater、mm. in the the place. So I think that is why the audience go to theater. Yeah, yeah. What about then the content? Because I remember when we talked last time, you said that during 2020, what was popular back then was stand-up comedy, yeah, yeah, which was yeah. quite new、yeah. in China. What about this time? Have you seen certain content, certain genre being more popular? Musical. Almost every week, they have the new musical come out. Before, I never think that happened, but that <laughs> that is certainly happened. Because the musical from outside cannot come to China. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I hope it bounces back, and I'm really glad to at least see that you're being productive. There is creativity happening in Shanghai,、mm-hmm. and there is optimism. At least, let's see what happens in the future. Yeah. Thank you so much again for being part of this、thank、mosaic、you. family. <laughs> I hope that every year we have a chance to say hello.、Uh, yeah. Thank you. I, I wish. Yeah. Thanks so much, Nick. Thank you.